Happy Friday. Welcome into NSN Daily. I'm Brian Samudio, Chris Murray, Anthony Resnick, directing behind the scenes. And uh, you know what? We're going to introduce you to this young man right off the top of the show, uh, Bishop Minogue quarterback Drew Scolari, who earlier this week has signed his letter of intent to play at the University of Nevada. Drew, welcome to the show. And I guess, tell me about just how this feels to get your college choice put to bed and you're going to play for Nevada. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm so excited. I couldn't be more thankful to be able to sign with Nevada today and to join a great program. I'm so thankful Coach Norvell and Coach Mummy want me to be part of their program. And this couldn't be a happier day for me and my family. And just to share it with everyone is super special. And I'm so thankful to everyone who helped me get to this point. It's always cool when a local recruit chooses to stay home. You obviously have even more deep ties to Nevada with your grandfather being Chris Ald. Uh, what does it mean to you to be able to put on silver and blue starting next season? You know, I mean, it means the world to me. I mean, it's a place that I grew up on and going to all those games when I was a kid. Those are my fondest childhood memories. Those are the best times for me and my siblings when we were kids. So to be able to wear the silver and blue and just take part in the tradition that my grandpa was such a huge part of is super special to me. And I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity to do so. You know, funny story, Chris. One of the first times I met Drew, it was on the sidelines at a Nevada game. And uh, Coach Alt and I were talking, he introduced me to Drew. And a security guard came over and tried to pull Drew and Chris, Coach Alt, off of the field. And the security guard goes, Brian, you're okay. And I said, you know who this is. The field's <laughs> named after him. And this is his grandson. Uh, Drew, take me through the process of recruiting and, and how, it, how it went for you. It was obviously a little different just because of the pandemic and everything going on in the world. It was definitely different. But Coach Norvell, Coach Mummy, and all the recruiting coordinators, all the staff did a great job of get me in, involved with Zoom virtual visits, campus tours through Zoom. Um, just doing everything through virtually was different, but it was definitely, there were some plus sides to it, just being able to talk to the coaches really for as long as I wanted and there was no interruption. Um, it, it was great to see how they adjusted the recruiting process. And I think they did a great job of making sure that we felt wanted by the program, even when they couldn't have us up to see it in person. Obviously, you're going to be stepping into an offense that likes to throw the ball. Uh, you know, you'll be working with Romeo Dubs and Cole Turner and a couple of signees in your class. What do you like so much about this offense and makes you think that you'll be a nice fit for it? No, exactly that. They throw it around and it's been fun to watch Carson do his thing this year. And I, I can't wait to get to learn from him and just be under him and soaking up all the knowledge that he's gained over his years playing and just becoming good friends with him. And I'm really looking forward to that and just learning from all those guys who have did such a great job this year throwing it around. I mean, Romeo was amazing. Carson was amazing. It was really fun to watch. So I can't wait to just learn from those guys and be a part of it all. Bishop Minogue High School quarterback Drew Scolari joining us here on NSN Daily. Drew signed his letter of intent to play at the University of Nevada. Uh, it, it's called student athlete for a reason. Drew, any idea on a major, what you want to, what you want to study? Right now I'm leaning towards civil engineering. I'm not completely sold on that yet. So but right now, that would be my top choice, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I know Nevada's got one of the best engineering programs in the country, so I think it'll be a perfect fit for me. Yeah, I think they just put the finishing touches on an $80 million building, so I uh, can't pick a much better major than that. Um, I want to ask you about Ernie Howard and your coach there at Minogue. He kind of came right to the program when you were starting your career there. You guys have won some regional championships. You played in a state championship uh, game under Ernie. How has he helped your development so you're ready to step into a college program? I'm, I'm so grateful for Coach Howard. It's exactly that. He's got me ready every single day, 
all the things he's taught me since he brought me up to varsity my sophomore year. Um, he's, he's been more than I could ask for in a head football coach. And I'm so thankful to him and the entire staff for making me a better football player every day. But not only that, just a better person. There's nothing better than wearing the green and gold, a Bishop Minogue. And I'm so grateful that we've got to win two regional championships, but there's still work to be done. So we're hoping this spring we get a chance to go for a third one because we got a lot left to give. Drew, uh, signing day was on Wednesday. Have you been able to kind of look through the rest of this signing class of young men, 18 other players? Uh, you were the 19th. Uh, there's four offensive linemen here, just one receiver because Nat Nevada is stacked a receiver right now. Um, a couple of running backs and uh, a huge tight end. I mean, uh, you're talking about a 6'6 tight end that uh, you might end up becoming one of the three amigos with, like you've seen with, with Dubs and with Turner and with uh, with Carson. You know, it's it's pretty cool that I've already started to build a relationship with the recruiting class. And we have our group chats on our phones and we talk every day, especially yesterday when we were all signing and it's pretty special to get to know these guys. And I feel like I'm already great friends with them and I haven't even met them in person yet. So I'm really looking forward to, to everybody getting up here next summer and just sharing football together and becoming good friends and enjoying our college lives together. It'll be so fun to get to know these guys. And I think that we got a really good class coming in. Like you said, there's some big linemen, great running backs, um, both big, big guys on both sides of the ball, which really excites me as a quarterback to see some, some big guys up front and, I'm so thankful for all these kids and I can't wait to share the next few years with them. It's kind of odd. Usually signing day is right after the end of the football season and you've wrapped things up. Uh, you know, hopefully there's a football season in the future for you guys. What would it mean to you to be able to play your senior season at Minogue, uh, you know, with the truncated season for sure, but just get an opportunity this spring to play one more time with your guys? It'd mean the world. I mean, we've worked so hard these past few years to build up to our senior year and we feel like we have another team that can, really do some damage in the North this year and try to chase another state title. So we're not done giving to this program. And I think if we do get a season, we're going to give everything we have to go get another Northern championship and try to bring home a state title. And, you know, there's a lot of work to be done if we do get the season going. And, but I think we're up for the challenge and I think we'll be ready for it. Drew, we ask everybody on this show about how they've endured this pandemic. Some people have become chefs. Some people have turn to art some people have become you know they build a gym in their garage I can't imagine being a high school student and not being able to go out and really hang out with my friends and do uh, all the normal things that high school students get to do what have you done to kind of keep your sanity no I, I can't say I've become an artist or a cook those things aren't really <laughs> those things aren't my strong suits but I definitely have I mean I have a great family at home I have two younger brothers and a little sister we keep each other busy we play games we hang out my brothers and I go throw the football. We work out together. So having them really helped a lot, especially not having a football season, not being able to do the normal things that make high school so enjoyable. Having my family and being really close to my brothers and my sister definitely was a plus during this pandemic. You mentioned your brothers. You guys are all really good baseball players. I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but uh, any conversations with TJ Bruce about uh, maybe slapping the ball around a little bit? I know being a quarterback is a full-time job, but you really do like your baseball too. No, I haven't, I haven't given that much thought yet. Um, we haven't, haven't really talked about it, but I mean, we'll see where it takes us. I, I'm not sure the possibility of that just with everything being a quarterback and everything, but I mean, I'd be open to anything if something did come up, but not sure hundred percent on that. He can't just carry on the legacy of being uh, Chris Alt's grandson and a quarterback at Nevada, but Chris wants to slap you out on the field already. Can you play point guard too? Can you play a little guard major for Steve Alford? <laughs> no, my, my basketball career ended freshman year, so that one might be a little rusty. 
Drew Scaleri, a new quarterback at the University of Nevada, by the way, of Bishop Minogue Oak High School, has signed his letter of intent. If you want to check out the rest of this signing class, 19 players in all, go to our website. That's NevadaSportsNet.com. Drew, we appreciate your time. Can't wait to see you in the silver and blue. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. We'll have much more on NSN Daily right after this. Well, that latest storm just came through and uh, dumped a, a decent amount of snow up in the mountains. Chris, I know it was cold down here. We didn't get snow at my house or at your house. But our own Alex Margulies up there at North Star enjoying it. Al, how have the turns been so far? You know, it's been great. Uh, first time up at North Star this season. And uh, people, yeah, you can tell, people are hyped, man. I mean, uh, they got some good fresh coating up here. Uh, it's been cold, so it's kept the, ni- the snow nice and firm. So we've done some nice laps uh, on a couple of the runs off of Comstock chair. And uh, we're patiently, and I, I actually use the word patiently, uh, not really, uh, waiting for the backside to open for the first time this year. We're being told that it's going to open at some point today. So every time we get off the lift, I'm kind of peeking over and, and uh, you know, trying to maybe tip the, the ski patrol guys and see if they'll give me a heads up. But uh, no indication yet. But we are, we're ready to hit that backside for sure. So out in North Star, I don't know the mountains very well because I don't do a lot of skiing. What makes North Star maybe unique or a little bit different than the other resorts here uh, in the area? You know, North Star is a great intermediate mountain. I think it's a great place for people to come out and learn. You know, the terrain is is, is very, uh, like I said, intermediate. Like your blues are just very kind of gentle and nicely sloping. Even your black diamonds, uh, not nearly as challenging as like a black diamond that you'd find at like a Squaw Valley or an Alpine Meadows. And the really cool thing about North Star is the village. Like you come in and it's just a different experience. It almost kind of gives you that kind of European uh, vibe where you've got the, the village and you've got the condos kind of overlooking things and the ice skating rink and fire pits everywhere. Um, so it is a very different vibe than maybe going to some other resorts around the area. And I think, you know, it's one of the fun things about living here is there is such a diversity of the types of ski resorts that you can visit. Uh, and North Star is definitely on the higher end. You know, it's, it's a, 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 maybe a little bougier. You know, it's, it's a nice ski resort, and there's a lot of great options, a lot of great terrain, uh, and it's definitely a fun place to be, for sure. Chris, we'll have to go up there and play some golf. It's two different nines. One is out into the meadow, and the other one's up in the trees. It is, it's really a great, great track. But, Alex, you had a chance to talk with some of, the, uh, some of the folks up there at North Star about COVID and how they're handling the protocols. Yeah, you know, they're taking it very seriously. You know, everyone, of course, is required to wear a mask. They've got signs everywhere and encouraging people to social distance. Obviously, we're outside, so it is a very good place to, to be socially distant. And, you know, there are, are enforcing, like, the gondola. You know, they're not letting uh, more than just a couple people on that gondola. They're not letting people that aren't in the same households uh, ride the gondolas together. Uh, the chairlifts are being monitored. Uh, so they are having a lot of different things. And then on top of that, you know, for people that are visiting North Star, Heavenly, or Kirkwood this year, uh, the, the members of the Epic uh, Vale Resorts, you have to make a reservation. You can't just show up and buy a day pass. Uh, even if you're a season ticket holder, you have to actually go online and make a reservation in advance. So they're making sure that the mountain does not get too crowded. And honestly, it, it does make me feel pretty safe. And, and I think they've done a lot of really good things to kind of mitigate and, and do the best that they can in, in these trying times, you know, to provide a safe environment for people to ski. But as you mentioned, we talked to some folks uh, from Epic Resorts. I talked to Susan Whitman. Uh, who is a communications manager here at North Star. And she talked about uh, what people can expect as they come out and hit the mountain. We've been making snow since late October. And given the refresh Mother Nature has granted us this past week, conditions are looking really good. Packed powder, obviously it's still 
early season. So there's still early season conditions and just be cautious and uh, slow is safe, but it's looking really, really good. It's going to be a great, great weekend out there. Well, it's good to see people up there having a good time, but also being safe. You know, this is a, a critical industry in our area, Northern Nevada, Northern California. But uh, let's get to uh, something tonight. Um, NSN, we are very proud, Alex. I know you've been doing a lot of the bridge gapping when it comes to this. NSN is going to be able to televise basketball. Uh, there was a one o'clock women's game today, seven o'clock tonight. Chris, let's dive right in. Nevada against Air Force. What are your three keys? Yeah, key number one is defensive discipline. Uh, Air Force runs the Princeton offense. Their coach is a Princeton alum who became Princeton's head coach. So um, they're going to use the full 30-second shot clock. They play with the second slowest pace of 357 Division I teams. So Coach Alford is very concerned about whether his team will be locked in for that full 30-second possession. Got to watch for those backdoor cuts. Princeton's going to be very disciplined uh, offensively, and Nevada needs to match that. Uh, number two, Nevada's going to face a zone. Princeton, obviously, uh, you know, or Air Force, they don't the most athletic guys they're obviously uh, recruiting a different caliber of players so um, they like to sit in the 3-2 matchup zone so Nevada should have some open three-point opportunities but they can't be flustered by the zone the 3-2 matchup is not something Nevada's seen in its first seven games this season so uh, the Wolfpack's gonna have to shoot the ball pretty well in this game and then number three is slow down the stars Air Force's bench is basically non-existent uh, in their four games, they've only scored 25 bench points. Uh, Nevada's had single games where they get 25 points from their bench. So if Nevada does a good job against Air Force's top three scorers, uh, Chris Joyce, Keaton Van Sullen, and A.J. Walker, three guards, then I think they're going to have a ton of success because uh, Air Force is not deep, so they don't have – uh, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth options to go to if their top players have a bad game. Uh, Nevada's a 12 and a half point favorite. I have the Wolfpack winning by even more than that. I have Nevada winning 71 to 55. A lot of it comes down to that pace. If Nevada can get this game into the upper 60s and 70s, they're going to win it because Air Force doesn't have the firepower to go out there and put up 75 points. They're only averaging 55 points per game. So I have the Wolfpack win in this one, and then it'll be fun to see how the turnaround game comes. Obviously, the Mountain West has a new formula. They're playing two-game series, so Nevada has this game Friday and then again Sunday at home against Air Force. So a quick turnaround, but I, this is a series Nevada has to sweep if it fancies itself a Mountain West contender. Yeah, Nevada with a good chance to jump out to 2-0 and the Mountain West Conference play. Less than a minute left in this segment. Alex, what's your gut feeling on this? Are you on Chris's side here that Nevada could, uh, could just run the Falcons out of Reno? Yeah, they should. They should, especially if we see a continuation of Desmond Cambridge Jr. play like he did on the road. I mean, you're talking about a guy that hit 13 threes between Nevada's games at Grand Canyon as well as down in San Diego. So I'm excited to see if he can continue the hot hand. And then I think Nevada needs to try and pound it inside with Warren Washington. I know they want to play an inside-out game. To get that seven-footer involved, he didn't do very much against San Diego. So I think establishing Warren Washington and getting him going offensively, I think would be a nice key for Nevada. You can catch Nevada men's basketball. It is the Jumbotron feed. We do not have the ability of fielding an entire production crew, but it's still pretty good, darn bad, good basketball. And you can watch it from your couch on a Friday night and a Sunday afternoon, 7 p.m. tonight, 3 p.m. Sunday, Nevada and the Air Force Academy. Thanks, Alex. Enjoy the runs with Rez, and uh, we'll have much more coming up on NSN Daily right after this. The following segment is sponsored by Capital Glass. Welcome back to NSN Daily. We are lucky enough, uh, even in the middle of a pandemic, to partner up with Capital Glass, uh, the, the great folks there who really, really go out of their way to support our local high schools. And two recipients of that Capital, City, Capital Glass athletic grant are the boys and girls soccer teams at Spanish Springs High School. And we've got both of their coaches here right now. Janelle Guthrie, coach of the girls, and uh, Winston Mora, coach of the boys. Good to have you guys. Thank you for stopping by. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. having us. 
Uh, Janelle, let's start with you and the girls. Um, when you found out that you had been awarded this grant, you know, what was the reaction from you? And granted, this is all pre-COVID. And uh, what exactly are you going to do? You use that money for? Well, it's really exciting when we can um, take some of the pressure off of our uh, student athletes um, when it comes to fundraising. Uh, we are going to use the money or we have um, used the money towards new uniforms for our team this year. And um, that's just really exciting for the program for more than one reason. One, um, I think that having new uniforms builds confidence for our, our team. And it also shows you know, pride in their school. So they can wear them with pride and they can feel good about themselves. And that, that just gives them the extra confidence to be successful on the field. So um, that's always a fun thing for kids to look forward to. It's always a fun thing as a coach to pick out. And it just gives everybody a little bit of a, a boost of confidence going into a, a new season. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Winston, I remember when I was playing back in high school, long time ago these were hand-me-down uniforms they had stains on them somebody had written their name in the tag uh, how what was it like for your guys to get to, to get that grant uh first of all i want to thank uh capital gas uh class for uh giving us this opportunity to uh or this grant to help out with the program we too are going to use our money for uh you know you new uniforms and uh, so we appreciate that, uh, especially now that, you know, in this pandemic where businesses are, you know, maybe not doing so well. So we appreciate them, them stepping up and uh, giving this grant to the program. Janelle, how has this been for you as a coach? You're an educator, you teach at Shaw. What's, what's it been like for you to have to try and you know, you, you don't have the answers. None of us have the answers right now. These kids that, that want to play maybe their last year of high school sports. How have you been able to deal with that? Yeah, sure. That's, uh, that's definitely a challenge because we did get the opportunity to have some open fields uh, during the summer. And that required coaches to get extra COVID-19 um, training to follow protocols to make sure our, our student athletes were safe and our coaches were safe. Um, so that was, that made some, some student athletes pretty uneasy. Some, some parents were a little concerned as well, but ultimately every kid was out there playing hard, wanting to be there, showing their commitment to our program and, and to our school. Um, but you're right. The hardest part is, is being able to motivate them and excite them about a season when everything is up in the air and we haven't had a whole lot of time together, whether that's preseason time or uh, fitness and conditioning time. So the encouragement has really had to be that as individual kids um, to practice with their club teams when possible and touch the ball every day. And so having to do those sort of FaceTime or um, group texts to uh, get excited about the season and continue to press on and forward with, with all the uncertainty. And we have, we have a ton of talented promising uh, girls that are going to be trying out and returning from last year. And so th they're going to just have to adjust, but uh, you know, that, that will just make every game and every win a little sweeter for us. So. Winston, what's the communication been like with, with your team, with your guys and, and how do you, how do you, you know, you, you really find out the discipline of your athletes when there isn't somebody there looking over the, sh over the shoulder. Yes, absolutely. 
uh, we've been communicating on Facebook and emails, uh, me just trying to uh, encourage them to keep going. Uh, you know, like you said, it's a, it's, a, it's a frustrating time, but at the same time, I, I feel like it's a good lesson for the kids to learn, you know, in, in the other parts of their lives as far as how do we handle situations when, uh, you know, stuff happens to us in life. So in a way it's good. And then in another way, it's not so good just because a lot of, you know, the guys, they want to play. And, you know, I want them to play. Like you said, some of the seniors, you know, they definitely want to go out you know, in a good way. And we're hoping that everything works out for us so that we could have the season. It's going to be a short season, but it's going to be a season, hopefully. Let me ask both of you this question. Winston, I'll ask you first. Uh, Spanish Springs uh, produces college level athletes all the time across the board, different sports. How has this affected recruiting with your guys, Winston? Uh, yeah, that's a good question because it's, it's difficult. Uh, you know, to, to recruit for colleges to recruit because they don't have the information that they want because they usually go on that, that junior year, you know, that something happened or looking forward to the seniors uh, for their athletes. So it's, uh, it's kind of hard for them, but uh, we had a few guys that, that came through and hopefully, uh, you know, with the season coming up, we'll have some more guys uh, being recruited. Janelle, how about you? Yeah, I think it's really falling on the student athletes themselves uh, to pursue uh, their opportunities and where they would fit in at the college level. And some of the some of those student athletes are having to realize that maybe they need to choose a college for you know education and the options that they might have after playing a sport in college versus the only goal being I want to play college soccer. And so yeah. this is, has been an adjustment for some of those, but also um, many of the girls on um, the soccer team now, they play for, you know, as guest players, they go to college showcases and they're able to be exposed in other ways um, besides just high school. And that's been helpful, but with the pandemic, so many of those tournaments have been either postponed or canceled. So there's also the, you know, the idea that some of these uh, college players are going to get a fifth year. So that also limits the openings of the number of opportunities for these older girls to step into um, a college arena. So it is tricky, but I think that, you know, it can happen if, if the motivation is there and the support is there from parents and coaches. So it's been a lot of emailing and, and a lot of um, encouragement and just sort of powering through that. So I think it's definitely different than normal, but uh, the opportunities are still there if, if kids are willing to put in the work. I think you make a great point, you know. Uh, there are so many athletes these days that uh, it's D1 or bust. And if you don't go D1, you know, you failed. If you play at any level at college, you're a success. You are an absolute Absolutely. stud and you're awesome at what you do. And I mean, you need to take into account there is a junior college right in the middle of our city that has a men's and a women's program. Take yeah. advantage of that and, and realize that, okay, maybe then you're ready to go to a Nevada or a UCLA or a Sac State or wherever. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, Janelle Guthrie and Winston Moore, the boys and girls soccer coaches at Spanish Springs High School, recipients of the Capital Glass Athletic Grant. Guys, I'll start with you as we wrap things up. Janelle, how good is it going to feel when you can finally get back out on the field with your girls? 
Well, you know, girls are, are different than boys. They, they like soccer for other reasons. And one of those reasons is just that bonding piece um, and, and really the social aspect of it. And again, you know, representing their school, representing Spanish Springs. So um, I think everyone will have a big sigh of relief and everyone will have that extra uh, drive to really make the short season worthwhile. And I tell, I tell the girls all the time, we're not going to have that couple of weeks to warm up for the season. We, we have to go full blast day one. So I think that they're ready to take on that challenge. And um, I think that that's gonna be actually really good for, the, for their focus and uh, just you know the commitment to what we have for that short period of time. So I think it's gonna be super fun. I, there's gonna be a lot of laughs. There's gonna be a lot of intensity. And I, I think that they've all waited and worked hard to, to be a part of this season this year. So I think that it, it'll just make everybody's, you know, this crazy 2020, it, it's gonna be a good kickoff to uh, 2021 for us. Winston, uh, people don't coach at the high school level unless it's Gorman for the glory or the money. They do it because they love the sport and they love the students and the student athletes. What's it gonna be like for you to get back out there with the guys, I would imagine you might be kind of standing next to yourself and realizing this is actually happening. Uh, absolutely. It, it would be joyous. Let's put it in one word. Uh, That's a good word. To, just to be able to get back out there, you know, say uh, where attention goes, energy flows. And uh, we're looking to pay a lot of attention uh, to what we're doing. It's a short season and, and hopefully put all the energy into that and make it a great season for ourselves. Coach Mora, Coach Guthrie, I appreciate your time. And of course, uh, kudos to Capital Glass with their athletic grant to supporting our student athletes here in Northern Nevada. Stay safe, guys. Hopefully see you out on the pitch very, very soon. Thank you. Okay, you Thank too, you Brian. Very much. Thank you. Well, much, much more coming up on NSN Daily right after this. This segment sponsored by Champion Chevrolet. Welcome back to NSN Daily. It's our Wolfpack Champion Chevrolet Athlete of the Month, and we're joined now with Nevada women's basketball, Deja Hamilton. Deja, thank you so much today for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, thank you. Now, with a new team this year for transfers, three freshmen, what has been the biggest challenge as a team you've had to overcome this far? Um, I think just getting everybody on the same page, like as far as like the newcomers and stuff, since so it's like a new system and everybody just being like on the same play page and like knowing the style of play that we want to play here and just kind of like the culture that we want. Yeah, you were sixth on the team in scoring last year. You're leading the team in scoring this year. You got the ball in your hands a lot more. How has that adjustment been to becoming kind of the lead scorer from the team uh, after last year kind of being more of a role player? Um, I think just coming from like the last six games of last season, it kind of like just, that was just like a table turn for me, I feel like. Um, I was able to be more consistent in like shooting. Um, I basically like had like the open, like basically green light to just kind of score like off ball, like especially like my three pointer and stuff like that. So just coming into this year is kind of like just basically like being a, just basically like getting after it on the court and like on the offensive end, defensive end, just kind of like knowing that I'm like basically the leader now. So I have to like step up and consistent the same thing that I did at the end of the season. Now, speaking of your three-point shooting, just in the last five games, you're at 57%, which is remarkable. Is there anything that you did differently from this season, the last season, that maybe you changed in your shot? Um, 
I would say just getting in the gym more and just kind of like being consistent with it and just kind of like just feeling comfortable with it, like just letting it fly. <laughs> like, and so it's just been like getting comfortable. Like we could go back from like the tournament, I guess, and just being like 50% from like basically every game. It kind of like just gave more confidence and just continued to like, you know, that was kind of like, now it feels like a layup to me more so I would say, or like a pull-up jump shot now. So it's kind of like easier. I want to ask you about your upbringing. So you have four cousins who all played, uh, you know, high-level uh, basketball. You had Gary Hamilton, Jordan Hamilton, Isaac Hamilton played at UCLA for Coach Alford, and then Daniel Hamilton. Two of those have reached the NBA. What was it like growing up with cousins who were so good at basketball, a family that just absolutely loved the game? Um, You can say, like, growing up, like, I was, like, I was, like, basically the little cousin. We, I, I also have a cousin that's playing at UNLV right now. His name is Bryce, and then I have another cousin who's about to go to overseas. His name is Blake, which is Bryce's brother, older brother, and he, uh, Blake played at Buffalo. So it's kind of like between me and Bryce, like we're like the younger ones. But I'm like the only girl that's out of like the boys who like play basketball, and like out of the only girl like who plays basketball. So it's kind of like, I guess, kind of like not being the stairway. I guess like just being the only girl, knowing that I have like cousins ahead of me. That's kind of like a is basically that keeps me going and stuff like that. Just being like the only girl. So I think that's pretty much it. But like growing up, like I would watch them, like me and Bryce would play at my uncle's house, which is like my cousin's dad. Like we'll be at their house playing in the backyard. Just like we'll all just have a good time just playing basketball against each other or just playing like around. And like they'll always just play one-on-one -on -one and stuff like that. So it was just like fun to watch and be around. Now, this is our first time getting to know you, Deja. What is the woman behind the jersey? What is she like? Um, I would say, like, I'm a caring person. Like, I'll put myself last before I put somebody else. Like, I'll put somebody before me. Um, I kind of, like, um, I don't know. Like, I'm very, like, a observant person. So, like, if I see somebody who's kind of, like, not okay, but okay. Like I'll kind of like, you know, be around them and try to like get to know them and stuff like that. And I can say that for like maybe about my foreign teammates and Andrea and Elishka, like they came in and I knew like they weren't gonna have nobody, you know what I'm saying? Like just to basically be be around for them. And like, they would have my team obviously, but like just somebody that can like, you know, take them places, show them around and stuff like that and kind of like be open arms to them. So it's kind of like, I just feel like basically connecting, like I'm very connected to people when I feel what they need to be connected with, so. So a very caring person, but I imagine when uh, the men's team sweeped Bryce and UNLV last year, you sent him a message saying uh, Reno's the place to be and owns the state, or is that not how the message went? No, like, you know, my cousin, I tell him, you know, with Bryce, I tell him he, gets, he just gotta get buckets. I don't care who it's against, it could be against us. And I know like he, he puts on a show regardless of who he plays, like win or losing, like he's still going to go out and play hard. So we, with him, like it's just kind of like telling him good game, like no matter what. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, Deja, you're 24 points shy of 400. Now, are you, do you keep track of that on the court or do you just like, you know, however many points I got, it's good as me? Honestly, <laughs> I don't even like, uh, like that would be an accomplishment, you know what I'm saying? Saying, like just at least get like a thousand career points as I'm here um but as far as like the you know just keeping track of the points like I kind of just like I'll pay attention to it and just know like if we're down or like if we're up you know what I'm saying like just sort of 
keep the ball and like you know what I'm saying like just kind of like kind of pay attention to as far as like who like to get involved and stuff like that and just like as far as just being like a leader I guess just to like if I need to keep scoring or if like I'm the only one that's able to score at the moment like just kind of like being the momentum or like getting somebody else involved and stuff like that just kind of like being uh what did you say like um I would say like observing like with my teammates and stuff like that just being like a Knowing, like, I don't even know. I can't even speak of the word. A facilitator, basically. There we go. Facilitate, like, on the floor, like, with my teammates and stuff, like, whether it's getting assists and stuff like that. So, so you list in your bio your most memorable moment before college was hitting a buzzer beater in a travel championship game in Reno. Uh, so tell us about that. You're from Southern California originally. What was that game like? And after you made that, did you just think, you know, I got to play in Nevada. I got to play in Reno if I'm so good in this city. <laughs> uh it was just like at first I didn't even know Reno I was just like like when we were like because we would drive so it was like an eight hour drive and it was like with all my teammates and stuff like that so it was pretty like fun but then like I didn't even know like we were literally downtown like by the campus like because we played at the convention center so I didn't know like we were that close to the campus and I didn't even know like there was like a school out here obviously I didn't even know I was so young so and um I guess like just playing, like it was just kind of like, we always played against like people that were way older than us. Like, I think I was in like seventh grade and we'd be playing against like 10th graders. And then we, we maybe had like one 10th grader on the team and then the rest of us were like young. So we always like, my team would always play like in a higher bracket just to get better. And, like we was low key better than everybody else. So it was just like, I don't know. It felt good because it was like, I was a young player and then like we played against older people. So it was just kind of like, I don't know. Like, it was just, like, fun. It was, like, uh, exciting, I guess. Deja, I have to ask you, what is your, when you're warming up and getting ready to take the court, what is, like, your routine or what is your favorite song? What song did you pump? So what is your, your game day ritual? Um, so we have, like, shoot-around in the morning. And then, like we have like then after shoot around we go eat breakfast and then like we basically have like two hours like an hour 45 to like you know just get ready for the game and stuff like that so normally I'll take a shower I'll listen to music while I take a shower and then like I'll just like get ready and then come back to the gym listen to more music in the locker room get taped and then after that it's just kind of like almost time to start stretching and stuff like that so it's kind of like I just prepare my mind and get ready and just kind of like be in a good headspace and kind of stay consistent with my routine. Um, before the game, like, well, obviously, like, when they do the national anthem and stuff, like, I'll say a prayer. And then, like, when, before that, like, after we all come back in, like, before we get on the court and start the game, like, we'll go in the team room and, like, kind of just, like, basically just talk about, like, the game. And so, like, then we have, like, time to say a prayer if we want to or, like, just kind of, like, relax and get our mind right. And then we... I just basically pray like two times before the game and then kind of like just be ready. So I get you out of here on this one. So Christmas coming up, either what is the best Christmas present you've ever received or what do you want for this year's Christmas? <laughs> um, I obviously want to go home on a win. So on Monday, I want to go home on a win. Um, but for Christmas, I really don't have anything that I want. Because it's like obviously I'm older, you know. We don't get no, we don't get like no more like little kids. But when I was little, um, I would say just basically getting like we used to have like a Nintendo DS, 
and I got like a Nintendo DS, like, because my parents, like, they were separated. So with my dad, with my mom, I got a Nintendo, um, a Nintendo DS, and with my dad, it's like the same day I got a PSP. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Deja, for your time. We'll have much more of NSN Daily coming up right after this. Of the holidays and other interviews, we've kind of had to bounce the mailbag around all week. Usually it's on Wednesdays. On Sunday, Chris opens Murray's mailbag on Twitter. Just follow him at by Chris Murray on Twitter, and uh, he will uh, answer your questions very diligently and loyalty. Let's start off with President-elect Waldo uh, at Nevada Racer Double Zero V uh, at by Chris Murray to expand on this question. Would there be a Mountain West if San Diego State and Boise State leave? Who would replace them? Yeah, there still would be a Mountain West, but it would obviously be hit really hard. Those are the two best overall athletic departments in the Mountain West, and they have the best revenue sports as well. I mean, San Diego State and Boise State have each won at least three Mountain West football championships, and obviously the Aztecs have the best basketball program over the last 15 years. So, um, you know, the, the Mountain West would move on. I don't think they're going to lose any of those two schools. I mean, San Diego State's building a new football facility. Boise State's been having its eye on a Power Five for a long time, so they're certainly trying to make that move, but uh, the interest just isn't there yet. Uh, where would they go? I think they would have to take like an FCS school, maybe a Sac State and a UC Davis, maybe the two Montana schools. Maybe they shoot for the moon and try and get North Dakota State, which basically wins every FCS championship. So, uh, you know, they would have to replace those teams. I don't think they would move forward. It's just a nine team uh, full team member uh, organization. But uh, I think very hopefully um, that that's not something that the Mountain West has to cross over the next five years, maybe 10 to 15 years down the road. But I think in the near future, you're going to see a pretty stable Mountain West. We're going to keep a close eye on it team in Honolulu now too because they're going to condemn Aloha Stadium and that's a completely thing we'll get into that maybe the next week or something but uh, yeah I mean Aloha Stadium is going to shut down and there aren't any stadiums nearly that big on the island. Tony Urquiaga you know Tony really well Tony says in honor of another potato bowl for Nevada your favorite types of potato Chris baked mass or sweet? So I did a top 10 list. I'll go 10 to one backwards quickly. Number 10, potato salad. Number nine, mashed potatoes. Number eight, potatoes a gratin. Number seven, baked potato soup. Number six, sweet potato casserole. Number five, hash browns, which is Carson Strong's favorite. Number four, loaded baked potato, which is Lawson Hall's favorite. Number three, tater tots. Number two, potato wedges. And number one, French fries, specifically uh, garlic Parmesan French fries, which I had last night from Burger Me, and they were excellent. So uh Kudos to Burger Me, but I do love the potato. So many good foods in one uh, one vegetable. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think it was an oversight. They said, Tony said, baked, mashed, that's kind of in one category of potato. Potato chip, I mean, is, is to me, but I, 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 that's not an oversight. You you said off the off the air, you thought it was an oversight. I'm not going to say it's an oversight. I'm not going to say that. Uh, Fake Mummy is in the mailbag once again. How did the McAllisters get 13 people from their suburban Chicago home and all the way to the airport through O'Hare in just 45 minutes. Yeah, pretty unrealistic. Uh, the movie did come out, Home Alone 1, in 1990. So this was pre-9-11, a lot easier to get into the airport and out of the airport. But I do think that stretches reality. I don't think you can get uh, through O'Hare that quickly. I think you could get through Reno that quickly. Oh, yeah. I might, I might have to test it one day, leave here 45 minutes before my flight's supposed to take off and see if I make it. Uh, I've only missed one flight in my life. It was in Denver. I was uh, hit uh, by a, a different person on the freeway. Uh, it was a snowy day and I just missed my gate. It was actually a Super Bowl Sunday. It was the, the Seahawks versus the Patriots Super Bowl where Russell Wilson threw that interception on the one yard line. So um, I've probably taken 200, 250 flights in my life, only missed one. So that's a pretty good rate. And I, it wasn't my fault. Um, but yes, uh, you know, the McAllister's, they, they can scoot. They can definitely get there quickly. 
I missed the flight in 2006-ish, coming back from the Cannon game in Las Vegas because it took them about three hours to get through McCarran security. And I know they've improved. But uh, yeah, you can get to Reno's airport half an hour before your flight, if not less, and get on the plane. Julian Delgado, for his first <laughs> assignment with us to go to the first Arizona Bowl, was an hour late to show up and then had the call to ask if we wanted coffee, but we still made the flight. If you want to be part of the mailbag every single Sunday, Chris opens it up at by Chris Murray on Twitter and answers your questions. Please be kind. Coming up next year on NSN Daily, Raiders suffer a major loss at quarterback, or did they? And John Gruden's wardrobe challenge. That's next. Wrapping things up here on NSN Daily, uh, the Raiders playoff hopes uh, took another shot last night at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, first off, Chris, when I saw Derek Carr get hurt, the instant you saw him pull up, you knew exactly what it was, and it was a groin. Yeah, I mean, that's not a, a fun injury to have, obviously. I mean, the Raiders did invest heavily into their backup, Marcus Mariota, the highest-paid backup in the NFL. And, you know, thinking for a moment like this, and, you know, he played well. He had one bad interception, but he did a lot of really good things with his legs. Uh, the offense moved fine. Um, so, you know, it, just not good enough on this day. I mean, it's just the Raiders defense. Uh, you know, they obviously switched defensive coordinators. That didn't do much. In the last 20 years, there's only been one team in NFL history that's allowed points on more than half of its defensive possessions the last 20 years. And it's this year's uh, Las Vegas Raiders. You're not going to win a lot of games when your defense is that leaky. And obviously the coaching change didn't do much because the Chargers were still able to move the ball. So, uh, you know, I feel bad for Derek Carr. He's given a lot to that organization. They're going to end up short of the playoffs this year. And now he has another significant injury like he did a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, Marcus Mariota is going to have a couple of games to kind of showcase that he belongs as a starter in the NFL moving forward. But uh, it does look like the door has closed on the uh, the Raiders for this season's playoff hopes. Mariota looked all right. You know, he had the bad interception, but, he looked like a professional quarterback who week in and week out prepares. You could tell he was prepared. He hadn't been just sitting around or taking it half whatever on a practice squad. They should have used the option on first or second and goal, though, down at the end. 30 seconds left, Chris. Uh, the wardrobe malfunction by John Gruden. You know what, man? He just reached in and he grabbed a cap that said Raiders on it. And he said Oakland in the first half, Las Vegas in the second half, and social media just torched it. That's really weird. Like that wasn't done on purpose. Like, why, how do you, I don't know. That seems like it was done on purpose. I'm sure he loves Las Vegas, but it was very funny watching that thing play out, uh, switching hats there, going from uh, Oakland to Las Vegas, uh, you know, Oakland roots, but you know, the team's in Las Vegas now. So let's give some love to the team down south. That'll do it for us here on NSN Daily for Chris Murray. I'm Brian Samudio. Thanks very much for being with us. Jenna Holland taping us behind the scenes. We'll see you next time.